0: Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Welcome to season two, episode. I've lost count already. Ah, damn it! Yeah, we're doing so well for the first couple. Twenty five, probably. I mean, it's July already, right? <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> uh, this is Did You America. I'm Camfield. He's Jeremy. This is where we talk about uh, America type things. And um, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. We hope you like it. Don't forget, you can find the old ones if you head to didyouamerica.com, the page that has all the stuff for this show on it. Um, For those of you who've been keeping up to date with uh, Jeremy being the world's most terrible millennial in that he doesn't embrace technology whatsoever, I was sending uh, Jeremy so many amusing messages yesterday. I mean, so amusing that we can't read any of them out on this podcast I didn't get any response whatsoever. I was thinking, is he is he dead? Is he just sleeping? Is he in some drug haze? No, he was trying to get his new phone to work. Yeah, I, uh, I felt pretty
1: bad this morning when I woke up and saw countless text messages throughout the day that just went without a response.
0: You're the only millennial that having tried to get all of his stuff transferred to a new phone on one day, wakes up the next day and describes it like you've got a hangover, as in, oh, I felt pretty bad this morning.
1: (laughs) Well, I almost had it. I I went to bed thinking I was going to wake up with a phone fully restored with everything I needed on it, and it didn't quite happen.
0: I don't understand. Now, I'm by no means a technological expert, but I don't understand why it's so difficult. I remember, right, back in the day... I had a BlackBerry. This is the only time I was ahead of the curve with with technology. I got a BlackBerry because when um, Velvet Revolver were around, remember they were like Guns N' Roses, but with Scott Weiland singing, they came in to do an interview with me in the UK and they all had these BlackBerry devices. And this was before anyone knew what a BlackBerry was. and, And I'm guessing BlackBerry were giving them out to famous people for free to promote them. It was, you know, before the days of Instagram, but probably like a very early version of kind of celebrity endorsements, that kind of thing. And it totally works because I'm sitting in a room and Scott Weiland never turned up to any of my Velvet Revolver interviews. He was never there. <laughs> of course not. But I got he was s-
1: busy playing Brick Breaker. But
0: probably because I got Slash and Duff McKagan sat in front of me and they're holding these devices. And if you remember the the physical black, uh, BlackBerry, it looked very different to a phone. And I go, sure. what's that? And they go, oh, it's BlackBerry. But the whole band got given them. And I said, well, what is it? And at this point, this was the most amazing thing. Slash goes man you can get email everywhere
1: (laughs) i said what do you mean he goes
0: well you don't need to be on a computer you can it just it's it's like you have email on your phone because that was blackberry's thing right um, and i think and he goes it becomes addictive we've started calling it the crackberry and and i came up with the nickname and i said to and i said to him Probably good for Scott, right? <laughs> like every every other yeah, a- a- attempt to dry out Scott Wyland and get him on the straight and narrow away from the drugs didn't seem to work. But maybe Brick Breaker on the BlackBerry <laughs> was 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 the way forward. So, him my phone. So I um I this is the only time I was ahead of the curve with 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 technology. I finished that Velvet Revolver interview. And talk about a gateway drug. They sold me on BlackBerry so hard that I literally left the radio studio and went to the local tech store in London around the corner. And I went in, you know, like where they sell you the phones and the laptops. And I said, I want a BlackBerry. I want one now. And the people in the tech store didn't know what one was. They had to look it up. And I was thinking, my God, I've never been ahead of the curve of technology before. I don't think I ever was since. But at that one moment, I had techie geeks on their computers, literally Googling what a BlackBerry was and saying to me, oh, huh, we well, think we can get you one. And I said, yeah, it, it, it does uh, does email on the phone. <laughs> See? and
1: that's what I need. I need to go back to the BlackBerry, I think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the point being to this story is that so I went for BlackBerry. I loved BlackBerry. I kept on getting BlackBerry upgrades. And eventually, when it was clear that BlackBerry was going to become obsolete, I decided that I was going to have to take the leap from BlackBerry to um Uh, iPhone and I was ditching my old laptop I was going to go all Apple right But, but this was in the days before you could just sync everything up and I went into a store with my Blackberry and they had to have this almost like MacGyver bit of kit which they'd only recently developed that could transfer what was on your blackberry to an iphone and you go in there it's almost like going to see a doctor where you're going to have a very serious bit of surgery done and they basically say to you i want you to know before we start this there are no guarantees and when we finish this surgery in the tech store the way it looked on your blackberry might look different to how it is on <laughs> right. the iphone but we're gonna try and get it as good as possible. So to, to, to extend that metaphor, it would be like going to a doctor and saying, we can probably save your life, but you might lose the ability to walk, right? <laughs> right. But, but Jeremy, this was... 12 years ago when it was like this and you are trying now in 2021 to transfer iphone to iphone you're a millennial and you can't do it
1: so i'll describe what my issue is as i said last week it's not that i'm just trying to go from iphone to iphone i am trying to start a whole new apple id separate from my mother's account which Apple makes it so you can't transfer stuff from one ID to the other to, to prevent against, like, you know, uh, someone sharing an app they didn't pay for, basically. Right. But the one difference between what you did and what I was trying to do yesterday that you mentioned, you went to a store. I tried going to a store yesterday. I tried, you know, we've discussed on this podcast my issues with the Apple store in the past, mainly the fact that I am banned from the Apple store. But I figured, hey, y'all uh, I'll see if maybe with longer hair and a beard now they don't recognize me. Let me go to the Apple store, see if they can help me with my phone. Apparently, every single Apple store in DFW is closed. Oh. There is not a single one. So or just close to you. Apparently um, they hacked into my computer <laughs> and made it so they all say closed when I Google. <laughs> right. It. They don't even
0: want you attempting to walk no. through the parking lot of the strip mall. <laughs> so
1: I went to Best Buy uh because I have like the deal with Geek Squad for my computer where they have to help me no matter what. Right. And uh, I also I For this new Apple ID, I was going to set it up on my Mac desktop, which I have not used in a long time. So long, in fact, that the mouse that I have, uh, the battery acid leaked out and broke the mouse. <laughs> so I had to go to Best Buy to buy a new mouse. I go to the Geek Squad counter. I, I give them my dilemma. I ask for help. And the lady basically says, I don't know anything about iPhones and set me on my way. So... Now, yesterday, I'm determined. I'm going to figure it out. I do my research, I'm ready. This is gonna be the day that I figure out how to set up my new iPhone. Uh, from 1 p.m. until 11.30 at night, I'm updating things on the computer, updating things on my phone, plugging in. I did three separate backups, so if I when I do transfer, if nothing transfers over, I still have all the information that was on my old iPhone. Finally, it's, it's restoring everything. I think I have everything correct. I go to bed. I wake up in the morning. The thing is complete. I'm so excited. Finally, I'm going to get to use my new iPhone. I'm going to activate it. I'm going to text Camfield. He's going to feel so dumb and so untech savvy compared to me. And I opened it up, and all it did was restore everything correctly from my old phone, including the old Apple ID that I no longer want to use. <laughs> so I'm back to ground zero you cannot escape your mom in a tech world well that's the other thing is as i'm trying to uh you know save everything i set up a new icloud account on my desktop and then i go to turn on the icloud on my phone but it doesn't give you options so immediately i'm thinking oh my god all my dick pics and weed pics are now on my on my mom's phone (laughs) and what what am i supposed to do in that situation there's no going around that she's gonna look. (laughs) (laughs) so now like i said i'm back to square one i'm uh i'm i think i understand now what i need to do to transfer everything over right i'm gonna give it one more attempt tonight and if I can't do it, I'm just going to say screw it and start all over and lose all my contacts and lose all my photos. You can
0: take new dick pics. I
1: understand, but it's also years of text messages in my note section. Which everything I write down, every thought I have gets written down in my note section, and now that's just going to be years gone. And I'm not ready to accept that just yet. So we're going to give it a few more tries. If there's anyone out there who's some sort of... AT&T or Apple expert that's somehow listening to this podcast, please reach out to us. Maybe you can help me. Better yet, any AT&T customer, because I'm also currently looking for a password for AT&T now so I can watch the (laughs) goddamn Mavs games and soon to be the goddamn Stars games, because... If Word Southwest doesn't have a deal with any other cable provider besides AT&T now, I just need somebody's
0: help. All right. So basically, anyone who can uh, wants to contact the show, didyouamerica.com, you can speak to us there. You can send us a written message. Jeremy is looking for help creating a new cell phone and also uh, a password for AT&T. Yeah, pretty much. There's a guy who um, is about to lose $234 million in Bitcoin because he's forgotten his password i guess the the, the whole bitcoin world is still a, a, a mystery to me I I, I I read about it and think i should understand it more but i don't really I, I in my head bitcoin is something that exists on the dark web right next to where all the nickelback fans have got their chat rooms so right. they, can, they can they can have conversations with no shame um but i believe that um saying you're into Bitcoin is actually way more socially acceptable than saying you're into Nickelback now. So I guess that the the Bitcoin has moved off of the dark web and in in some way into the modern day world and is very much acceptable. But um, it seems that... They don't have any kind of backup in terms of remembering what your mother's maiden name is or the name of your favorite teacher or what your first pet was. Because if if I forget my password to get into my bank account, that's the kind of stuff that I have to remember to then get an email to then reactivate it. And right. then I can see how much money I don't have. Um, it seems that for Bitcoin, if you don't remember the password that you have to start with, you've got 12 attempts to log in incorrectly, and at the 12th attempt, that's it. You can't ever get to that uh, wallet again, which means this guy is 10 attempts in, got two left, and if he screws those up, $234 million in Bitcoin, gone. Wow. See,
1: this is why I make all my passwords Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, I might get hacked.
0: I'm wondering, uh, though... Are passwords redundant now? Because every bit of online technology you use is clearly spying on you because (laughs) you have a conversation about... I don't know. The fact that we've had a conversation today about Blackberry would mean that if someone somewhere is so I bet I get some sort of notice from eBay with someone trying to sell me a, a you know a, a, a Blackberry from 2001. Right. They're probably <laughs> trying to flog it as some sort of um, you know artifact from, retro from device bus. retro device exactly. Um, whatever you talk about, whatever you do a search for, suddenly you get all the adverts. Everyone knows that your phone is quite clearly listening to you. So if your phone can suddenly send you advertisements for stuff that you just happen to have a conversation about i don't know randomly on my kitchen table now or in a diner how is your phone not taking note of all of your passwords whether it's jeremy123 or jeremyabc or something way more complicated right how is the error that how's the technology not spying on your passwords well not only that i mean they
1: make like most websites make you create such a complicated password now that like you would think there'd be some sort of backup, like, hey, uh, we know inevitably you're going to forget this. Or, uh, you know, that's why they have the reset password option. But I guess for Bitcoin, because it just jumped $30,000 in a week, they probably have to have a little bit more security on it. See, I got screwed out of this bump. So my only... Use of Bitcoin ever is the website I use to gamble with mm. because it's illegal offshore gambling website. Sometimes my bank wants to be an asshole and decide not to let me deposit money into right. it. Right? You know, all of a sudden they're like, "What's this random charge in China? We won't allow." They're
0: saying it. if you can't transfer your contacts from one iPhone to another, you certainly shouldn't be able to transfer dollars <laughs> into this dodgy offshore account in China.
1: Exactly. They know better not to trust me, <laughs> right? So I, uh, but every once. a while when it does that i'll use bitcoin to deposit into the website and i went through this little run where i was i guess essentially day trading bitcoin i was only making like a dollar or two but like i was so active on this app and then all of a sudden a giant crash came i lost all my money i got really disappointed and took it all out and was like I, i swore off bitcoin forever right but i thought I thought maybe there was a chance i left a few dollars in there just in case so when i heard about this giant bump that happened a few week, i think it was last week mm-hmm. I, I got so excited. i was like oh my god i'm gonna be a millionaire this is great by mistake i i went and i checked the account apparently i had only left like a few cents in there and it got increased to almost a dollar so <laughs> A few more, a few more shares up, and I'll be able to do the dollar minimum and get it out. Right. So that, that you know, that I have to look forward to.
0: I'm all the elder stories that I read about Bitcoin make me want to know more about it. Do you remember that story last year um, that uh, there was the big Twitter hack, uh, and it turned out to be a 17 year old kid. I think from Florida, who hacked famous people's Twitters like Elon Musk and um, right, I forget right, who, but right. they, they were very notable people. He basically hacked their Twitters um, and made it appear as if they were posting to all of their followers that if they donated so many uh, dollars, then you know these famous wealthy people would turn it into X amount of bitcoins, and you'd all get really rich overnight. And um, it became a big news story, uh, less so about the Bitcoin, more so about the the ability to hack Twitter and, and make it look convincing. Right. Um, and um, I think they 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 found out who it was, and it was like this 17-year-old kid. And I, But I couldn't understand, or I couldn't decide more so, because I don't, again, don't really understand Bitcoin, whether it was an amazing hack or a really crappy one, because the upshot was this kid got caught and I think made about $200,000 out of the scam. Wow. And I'm thinking, is it impressive that a 17-year-old from Florida could have figured this out and is 200 grand richer, which obviously is a, a big chunk of change to you and I and to a to a 17-year-old? Or when you're looking at the amount of money that's in Bitcoin, is that really that's the best you could do you stupid little 17 year old geek you could only get 200 grand
1: right i you know i always get so jealous whenever like anyone younger than me is doing better than me and so i feel like that's how i would feel for that guy like whatever 200 grand that's nothing
0: well it also brings up uh i think uh, a big discussion about parenting because um, my sister's got kids, and I've got other friends who've got young kids, and they all—they're all using iPads now for schoolwork and for you know watching TV shows and stuff like that. But all, my sister and all of my friends that are parents put a limit on the amount of screen time that the kids are allowed to have. So when they log onto their iPads, I don't know—they've got an hour a day or right. whatever it happens to be. Is that the right thing to do as a parent or should you be allowing the kids to have more screen time? Because the more uh, familiar they become with the functions of the computer, uh, the more likely they are to move forward and make good investments in Bitcoin and such like. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm looking at my sometimes I FaceTime my niece and she barely says anything to me because I'm on her phone. But on her laptop, there's Roblox okay. and she's and I'm saying get off Roblox. I've called for a conversation. You're supposed to be talking to me. But then if a load of Roblox time leads to the ability to make 200 grand out of Bitcoin, maybe we should just let her play Roblox. See, I'm the exception to that rule. Normally, I'd agree
1: with you, but I grew up with technology. I've used a computer my whole life and clearly I've learned nothing from it. It's just become like something I use sometimes, you know? (laughs) So for every, you know... Elon Musk out there who learns the technology and grows with it and finds some new way to use it I feel like most people are probably like me. They're just like, duh, click buttons.
0: I like the buttons. Is the the real reason you're having trouble transferring your contacts from one iPhone to the other? Because as a result of being on your mom's account, you've still got a limit of screen time. So it's taking <laughs> forever. Is that is that maybe?
1: <laughs> Mom, for some reason, my phone just shuts off after an hour. You I don't know what's go, going you on. Need,
0: like This would be very much like a twi- the 28-year-old millennial that you are. You just need to go to your mom and be a really whiny millennial and go mom you're giving me a screen time limit i'm a 28 year old adult who's being treated the same as camfield's seven year old niece (laughs) she'll hear all this she knows (laughs) um we got to do some tv news which i must get to in uh, a second um but first let's do sports because i felt that our sports segment was so successful On the previous episode where we were talking about who uh, was and wasn't likely to make uh, the Super Bowl and uh, where the playoffs were at. And then I read today about uh, Chad Johnson... Not so much a story heavy on football detail, but more about lifestyle and nutrition. And according to Chad Johnson, who played for the Bengals, right? That's correct. And was a successful player. Absolutely. And became very, very well known as a successful player. Yes. He is putting down all of his success to the fact that all he ate, and still to this day, as a retired player in his 40s, all he still eats, eats is McDonald's.
1: Oh yeah, this is uh this is pretty well documented throughout his career that Chad Johnson, formerly Chad Ocho Cinco, had the worst diet throughout his career. Yet was a physical specimen mm-hmm. despite eating McDonald's. Like, they uh, you ever see the show Hard Knocks? Mm-hmm. It's on HBO. They'll follow it. So they did the Bengals one year uh, when Chad Johnson was there. And, like, he's literally before practice eating McDonald's breakfast and then goes and, you know, like, runs five miles.
0: When you're at that level of a successful athlete, you've got access to the best doctors and the nutritionists. You know, every so often you see those TV ads and they'll, they'll, they'll be a really good-looking person on there going – Oh my god, I used to be three hundred and fifty pounds, but I started subscribing to Mealbox Whatever, and right. they send me this lovely package and it comes in a box and it's got all of my right and you you know, and that's apparently you've got like the best version of that that's the that, and you'll get endorsements and stuff, so you could have the 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 best of everything. And he went, I don't care what the doctor says, I don't care, you know, what I could receive on my doorstep every day as far as i mean actually i'm downgrading it if he's a successful nfl player he could probably quite easily afford his own live-in chef
1: yeah no absolutely i think that's what people are most shocked about i mean he like you said he's still a very successful man he could go to the nicest restaurants in the world yet whenever he travels to a new city one of the first thing he does is go on twitter and ask his followers
0: Where's the nearest
1: McDonald's? Because uh, he
0: needs it. Okay, first of all, that does suggest that he's maybe a bit stupid. Because like, you need to ask people where the nearest McDonald's is. Anywhere you are, you land in America, you could walk for five <laughs> minutes and find one. I think it's more just out of a
1: he likes to be a Twitter troll. I, I was saying to you before this, he is a top ten Twitter follow. All he does on there is he talks about how great he is at FIFA soccer, right. which he is. He rates women. Uh, basically they'll send him photos and he tells them what's wrong with it and he trolls and shares
0: photos of how much he tips people hang on a minute so he could be in mcdonald's shoving like whatever their version of the double 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 triple is in his mouth while there's a mound of fries waiting for him to eat and he's flicking through posts that have been sent to him on instagram telling people that telling telling women that they're not good looking enough
1: well, it's not really that they're not good looking. It's more just like, you know, he wants them to reach his perfect standards. <laughs> right. And, you know, when you when you look like he does on a diet of nothing but McDonald's, I think you could pull that off. The The best thing about Chad Johnson is the fact that I mean, he I'd say in the from 2001 to 2009 he was probably one of the most popular players in the nfl and what he was really known for besides being one of the best receivers was his touchdown celebrations and the fines he got for those touchdown celebrations yet in today's nfl where they've now allowed those forms of celebrations Mm. what he used to get fined for now get put out by the nfl on like compilation videos that they tweet out right right so you know i think uh I think for him, it's just more about like keeping up with that personality and, you know, eating McDonald's every day and, attributing that to your success is
0: kind of a part of the shtick do you think he does his version of mcdonald's i'm just thinking there um there's this guy that used to be a doctor until he wasn't allowed to be a doctor anymore who's big on instagram i think his name is sean baker but he's the guy that was the original big promoter of the carnivore diet which is where all you eat is meat literally nothing else i mean he will tell you that vegetables are bad for you like he would go (laughs) you're just gonna eat steak and steak and steak and someone says what about if i throw in some asparagus and he's like stand down with the asparagus no <laughs> just meat like he want, and he'll kind of and you'll, you'll say to him um hey i changed it up for chicken for lunch today he's like maybe occasionally but generally just just stay on meat. so you're and, gonna die and and i um there are people that you know he's bought bought out books and he's very active on social media and a lot of people that follow it and say that they've had health issues that have become uh that that, have improved since they've just been on this meat only diet but and i i I quite like the idea of doing a carnivore diet but that when it kind of it sort of to me becomes a little bit suspect where every so often he'll say you know to those people who say i want to give the carnivore diet a go but living on steak is just so expensive he'll show a picture of himself in a Wendy's, for example and he's not having the bread from the burger but he's, he's like there's like six patties in front of him and he's going you can do it cheaply just like this so his argument would be yeah you could have good steak which is very expensive but if you can't afford that expense you could also just have sort of four hamburgers from McDonald's and that would be just as good now is Chad Johnson doing that or is he having the fries and the and the buns and the...
1: Oh he's having it all you know now the big, the big trend for athletes is the opposite of that diet it's the it's the plant-based diet you know there's there's documentaries made about how it changes athletes lives yet you know i watch a video of chad johnson running 100 yards in less than 10 seconds right after eating a big mac you yeah. know, i i think for my body size i'd rather stick to that diet plan Than the no-meat diet plan, personally. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is why, you know, I'm going to continue to eat McDonald's and feed this beastly body.
0: But there, I mean, I've got friends of mine that are um, personal trainers that are very big on an almost all-meat diet. Like, they would say that you can have vegetables and some fruit and stuff like that. But the secret to being healthy, dropping weight, building muscle, and all that kind of stuff is the protein that comes from meat. Right, well, it's like, like keto or whatever? Sort of keto. So it's somewhere between keto and carnivore. So basically, the, the, the three ways of doing it is you keep the fat relatively low, you keep the carbohydrates super low, and you keep the protein really high. But you don't starve yourself. I mean, I did it for a while. There was a period of quite a few years ago where I got into like really good shape. And my buddy who was advising me, you'd use a... Well, oh, my fitness pale! It was like the bane of my life for a while because it was, all, it was like every day you were testing yourself because you had right. to you scan all the food that you're eating mm-hmm. and you put it in and you have to produce the perfect pie chart at the end of the day, and they encourage you to eat a lot so you would have at least 2,000 calories if you were a guy doing it, which is, you know, guys are supposed to be 2,000 to 2,500 calories a day. So it's not like you're cutting down on calories, but you're getting all of those calories from protein, which basically means that you just eat loads of meat. So you could probably have, if you were doing it as strictly as I did it, maybe a slice of bread and that would be pretty much your carbohydrate quota for the day. That sounds and, terrible. Right and then you could have a few slices of cheese and that would be the fat and the rest of it is just going to be meat 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 and he was all about my body you know eating chicken and i go like oh, dad i'm 6 weeks into this I'm, I'm just fed up with chicken and he go we'll have turkey <laughs> you know
1: i've uh i've accidentally been on the keto diet before but that's just like out of laziness like i'll make myself a steak and then realize once it's done that i didn't make anything else so i'm just like i guess i'm just having steak for dinner to
0: be honest that was how I'd going on this diet that was promoted by my buddy who was a personal trainer worked for me because if you're lazy in the kitchen it is very convenient because all you're basically doing is cooking meat and having a bit of veg with it so you put your oven on you stick it in and 40 minutes later you get it out and it's done you know and if you need to get your protein up i would do things like eat two lean meat burger patties and then stick more meat on the top of them so you'd have like two chicken burgers and then you'd stick some slices of chicken on the top of that you know see
1: that sounds great but how much better would it be if that meal was a big mac
0: with a side of some mcnuggets (sighs) yeah yeah Do you think Chad Johnson is the athlete version of Lemmy from Motorhead in the sense that lemmy could do all the speed jack daniels and cigarettes in the world and 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 live to 70 which was just completely unheard of and, and he always said it's a good life for me it doesn't mean this lifestyle is going to work for you is chad johnson the athlete equivalent of that but rather than you know just having he went i'm not gonna do speed i'm just gonna do mcdonald's yeah it's either him or keith
1: richards at this point it just kind of depends how long this mcdonald's diet can truly last him
0: yeah but does he, does he look good chad johnson oh yeah he think? looks great yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he could probably still play Wow. Well, that's interesting. Hmm. Promoting the... I'm more carnivore than I am plant-based diet. There you go. You're you're pretty much Chad Johnson. <laughs> all right. We're going to do... Uh, uh, remind you of what song of the week is and also do the TV news in part two of Did You America? Don't forget for all the stuff relating to this show, didyouamerica.com. All right. Let's do uh, part two of Did You America? Oh, if you'd have been a fly on the wall in my apartment for the past 45 minutes, i got to tell you, we did a, a great probably 20-minute opening segment to what was going to be part two of Did You America. And then what happened, Jeremy?
1: Well, then I proved to not be the greatest at technology once again. What happened? I uh, I didn't realize that the computer I used to record this wasn't plugged in. And in the middle of my incredible
0: story, my computer died. So what we've learned now in, uh, what, three, four months of doing the Did You America podcast is that in order for it to work, A, the microphones have to be plugged into the computers that we use to record this podcast, and B, the computers themselves need to be plugged in. See, now we know, though. I mean, the future of this podcast is only going to get better. Someone sent me a message uh, last week saying, uh, have you ever thought about uh, doing some streaming uh, of it on YouTube? Can you imagine if we introduce cameras to the equation? (laughs) Well, first of all, no camera wants to
1: see what I actually look like and be no, that would only it would only fail. There's no way we can add any other component to this. Currently,
0: we're struggling with the concept that the computer requires electricity to keep <laughs> running, so I, I don't know if we're really match fit for having a visual aspect to the podcast as well as the audio aspect. We... <laughs> I mean, like, this is why we need New York producer
1: to do any, everything for us. I think it's time that he moves down to Texas <laughs> and starts
0: taking on full responsibility. Uh, what we were going to do uh, at the start of part two was remind you about Song of the Week. You can still vote if you go to digiamerica.com or there is a poll on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Camfield. there. Uh, this is where Jeremy, uh, New York producer and myself each choose a song. Uh, So if you want to vote for my choice, it's Harlem River Blues by Steve Earle. His uh, son sadly passed away from an overdose last year. Steve Earle's released kind of a a tribute album to his son, which is mostly Steve Earle re-recording songs written and performed by his kid, um, including Harlem City Blues. I was quite moved by the rendition Steve Earle did of that song on Kimmel last week. So if you want to vote for that, Harlem City Blues by Steve Earl is my choice. Uh, Ask
1: Anyone by Lice, which is an MF Doom tribute, is my choice. Very big on the tributes this week. Yeah, we're keeping it going.
0: Uh, New York producer going for Lose Your Head by London Grammar if you want to vote for his choice. who Who is that a tribute for? I think it's, uh, you know what, actually I I spoke to New York producer on FaceTime earlier in the week and um, he's almost recovered from COVID. And as much as we joked about the fact that he might die and uh, we'd have no way of getting this podcast up and running, I mean, (laughs) listen to the story we just told. um, (laughs) He was actually telling me in all seriousness how bad uh, the COVID was. A New York producer is a 30-something fit and healthy guy. Um, and he was telling me that so it was about two weeks of it just being terrible but there was uh, one night specifically where his breathing was so bad he was starting to think that he would need to go to a hospital to be on a ventilator because it was it, it, it was that bad so uh, maybe Lose Your Head by London Grammar is the the, the tribute that they were pl- they were just getting ahead of time right. in case COVID did get to him. And I now we'll just have to decapitate New York producer. Um, so you can vote for those song choices, uh, didyouamerica.com, or go to my Twitter at Ian Camfield. Harlem River Blues by Steve Earle for me, Ask Anyone by Lice, Jeremy's Choice, and Lose Your Head by London Grammar. Uh, the choice of New York producer. Uh, Now, before we get to the TV news that I promised you, I I just wanted to do a little bit of Texas news. Um, We discussed previously on this podcast when is the appropriate time to remove your Christmas decorations. And there is this theory that if you leave them up after January 6th, you are going to have a year's worth of bad luck. In the case of the people in McKinney, Texas, which isn't too far from where we are currently sitting in uh, Deep Ellum, I don't think this was bad luck. I just think it was uh, stupidity. They made the news this week because uh, unlike other people who just leave their Christmas tree outside their house for someone to take away or plant their Christmas tree and let it grow for the best part of a year and then take it back inside again, which you can do if you've got a real Christmas tree. These people decided they would dispose of their Christmas tree by sticking it in their fireplace and setting fire to it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Which resulted in firefighters being called because it looked like it was going to burn their McKinney house down. Now, as someone who
1: has almost burned down his house out of stupidity, as I've discussed on this podcast before, when I was in college, I tried to make a uh, plastic bin into a cigarette ashtray, leading to a giant fire. Someone who did that, even I have to say putting the Christmas tree in the fireplace to get rid of it is possibly the dumbest idea you can do.
0: Also, if you are really lazy and you you can't be bothered to haul it out to fr- the front of your house or take it somewhere where you could get rid of it, you can redress the tree and use it for other stuff. Some, I mean, I'm not saying this is a great idea, but some people turn them into Valentine's trees and then, I don't know, maybe they become Easter trees or, 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 or whatever it is. There are different ways of using your tree after you've had it for Christmas. There was this neighborhood um, near where I used to live in, in, uh, in London. So I live in an area called Belsize Park. And, um, you know, you've heard me tell stories on this podcast before about the fact that a lot of famous people used to go to the gym and it's because a lot of famous people lived in that area. Right. right. There were a couple of roads that specifically, these famous people lived on one of them was called steel's road it's where Noel gallagher used to have what became known as supernova heights which is when Oasis were at their peak all of the kind of hedonistic parties happened okay oh i was never invited Aww. by the way but it but it was literally around the corner and um there's t- i can't remember the other people but there's tons of famous people that live on these two streets and one of them is called steel's road and one year for christmas they paid to have a load of christmas lights put up around the neighborhood right because that's what rich people do they get they get people to do stuff like this but then they didn't pay to have them taken down and so other neighbors started complaining saying you got these christmas lights up and down the length of this particular street what are you going to do it's it's february they need to get rid of them so famous people being rich and maybe in the case of Noel Gallagher, out of their mind on cocaine. (laughs) They decided that rather than just hiring some people to take down the Christmas lights, they would have the two streets in this neighborhood, which was otherwise known as Belsize Park, named a completely different area and would have what were Christmas lights signify that it was a different area. To the extent that, so it was on Steele's Road, the area became known as Steele's Village. <laughs> Steele's Village was literally these two streets, right? And they authenticated it by being Steele's Village because they got a bus stop named Steele's Village. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> well, in, in London, uh, lots of people would take the bus because you know it's a big public transport area. And on the, the bus services in London, there's a computerized voice that tells you what stop you're at. And I remember being on the bus one day and I'm going up the hill where this was. And suddenly the bus goes, welcome to Steele's Village. Please a light for Steele's Village. And I'm thinking, what? Steele's Village wasn't here yesterday. What is this? <laughs> this? This is an area called Bellsize Park. How come the bus is telling me that this is Steele's Village? And basically, as I said, rather than pay someone to take down the Christmas decorations and then put the lights up again come next December or whenever you're going to put them up, they left the lights up made these these two streets become their own village and therefore the lights signified not christmas anymore but that you were in steel's village right i feel like that's kind of how
1: america was discovered you know like they came in they put up all their stuff and then when they were like oh wait we should probably go back to england they were like eh let's just create a new town we'll call it america we'll stay here leave the lights up i
0: i didn't want to go down a, a a christmas route again because you know i'm christmas's biggest fan but i know that you know in january we should be past it but i it, it reminded me talking to people rebelling against um christmas type stuff we didn't talk about this uh a few weeks ago when it was you know peak christmas decoration era in december um i went wandering around the dallas historic district because that's one of the areas where there's huge houses and people pride themselves on putting on these ridiculous christmas displays right and sure enough there were nativity scenes with inflatables and there were i mean when i say lights things that were less lights and more like kind of a pyro display from a Ramstein gig going on (laughs) outside of massive mansions right but on one of my kind of wanders around the historic district to take in all of this uh, Christmas effort, there was a lady who was walking a pig. <laughs> what? <laughs> Literally. And I, I don't know... I'm not aware that a pig is a sign of affluence. Is that a Texas thing? It is now. I'm, but So I'm just assuming that she was rebelling against the people that were going all out with these Christmas decorations because I wasn't the only one in the historic district that clearly was choosing to take a stroll through the area to take in these displays, right? And I feel like... If you were the owners of the big mansion with the ramstein like Christmas pyro and the Nativity inflatables going on, right? Yeah. And you saw across the street, there was a woman who was stealing all of the attention from your christmas display by walking a pig because i like everyone else there suddenly stopped taking pictures of all of the christmas stuff that was going on because there's a woman walking a pig and that is way more entertaining of a video to take to post on instagram
1: oh absolutely i mean you see you walk through that neighborhood you expect to maybe see like a little girl on a pony somewhere you know a bunch of right turns out here in texas the real sign of prosperity is you have a pig as a pet
0: and you're rebelling against this woman was like i got a load of money i can't be bothered to get all the christmas lights out the front of my house but i'm going to steal all of the glory from you guys (laughs) you can have your Ramstein pyro display because i got a pig see you think she was rebelling i think that that was actually just her christmas
1: display like you know everyone else they have their nativity scene with all the lights but realistically that would have woken the baby Jesus up and been very distracting. Instead, she decided, look, I'm going to make a kind of farm ass, go with the times, the place, throw some pigs in there.
0: there. Well, yeah, now you say that, there is. I guess you could validate that because realistically, when the baby Jesus was born in the manger there would not have been a light display that looks like New Year's Eve at Reunion Tower going on around him. But there might have been an old pig wandering about.
1: Now... it depends what type of pig there is. Now, in your time, spending time in Arizona, did you ever have a run-in with a javelina? Oh. <laughs> to, um, does everyone know what a javelina is? To explain a javelina to people who don't know. They're basically giant monster pigs that can kill you.
0: Yeah. Well, do they kill? I don't know yes, if they, they can. they can them, kill you. you no, know, they can. But generally, I think there's probably been maybe three examples of javelinas killing humans in recent times (laughs) right but in arizona they use that enough
1: as an excuse to be like yeah if you come across one kill it (laughs) well the
0: the, the thing is with it when you live in in phoenix which i did and you lived in a different part of arizona right tucson yeah you can live in areas where it's not apparent that you're in the desert i lived in central phoenix it just looked like another part of america apart from the heat you wouldn't know that you were in the desert but the thing is you only got to drive 15 20 minutes in the right direction and you're Whole landscape changes and it becomes very, very traditional desert, which means that you are exposed to the nature that you would find in the desert. And sometimes that nature creeps into the more populated areas because of the way that the, the, the landscape is. I mean, for example, like when I, when I was living in Phoenix, my family visited and we went to the, the Phoenix Zoo because I, you know, I had young nieces and they like going to the zoo. And we're wandering around you know seeing the animals in their cages and such like but at one point we're walking up a trail and a snake comes from out of nowhere and literally slithers across the trail in front of one of my nieces. And she's oh like, Oh no, ah! yeah, I and, would and, too. And, and that was an unaff- I said, look, you're getting more value for money. You <laughs> we had to pay to get into the zoo to see the animals in cages. But when you go to a zoo in the desert, you might get a bonus snake in front of you. I uh there was one
1: summer that I stayed to take classes and uh I walk out one morning to go to my car. My car is all black. Uh and surrounding my car were about 15 of those lizards from holes that kill you. Oh. And I decided after that point I was never going to class again because there's no way I could get into my car with these lizards getting the heat off of the black paint and not leaving. Once once the summer hits, the critters come out. There uh my girlfriend at the time, she lived in like one of the trendy apartments on mm. campus. And they wouldn't just let anyone in. So, like, if you if you got were need to be let in, the person whose apartment was would have to come up to the gate and let you in. My girlfriend was so lazy that she would call me and just say, "Just tell the police that your girlfriend saw a javelina," and as opposed, they would then walk me to her apartment because they knew (laughs) a person alone cannot handle a javelina.
0: They are monstrous. There were well, the, so in Arizona, you do it, it will be on the news because, as I said, they're generally out where it's more traditional desert. But because the built-up areas are very close to the more traditional desert, so sometimes they stray. So occasionally, on the news in Arizona, someone will have taken a video of a family of javelinas walking down a residential street. Right, they're just walking right. past people's front lawns back in my drinking days in arizona there was a dive bar that was probably less less than 10 minutes walk from my apartment that i spent a lot of time in there and um there was kind of a bit of not a big bit but a bit of wasteland um between my apartment building and the bar and i swear there was one time when i was walking to the bar um and I heard this kind of like rumbling in the bushes, thinking it was going to be a cat or something like that. But it was a javelina that was in the bushes. But this is off of Central Avenue, which is called Central Avenue because it's a Central Avenue. Not only does it have multiple lanes of traffic, it's got a light rail like tram system going up it. So it's it's busy and populated. And I thought, oh my God, there's a javelina. And it was like, I don't know, 7.30. It was just getting dark at this point. So I go to the bar. And I say, you won't believe what I just saw, Havolina. The and they went, no. Nah. They said, you you've been to a bar before here. You you're drinking too much. Too, too <laughs> and, and 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 remember, it was just a ten minute walk to go back to my apartment. So as I'm getting more and more drunk in the bar, I'm telling my drinking buddies about the fact that there's a Javelina, right? And 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 I and then they started doing the stories like you just brought up of like, well, you know. Since 1956, three people have been killed by javelinas and blah, 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 blah. And it got to the point where I was so paranoid that we had a serious discussion, bearing in mind less than a 10-minute walk to get from my from the bar to my apartment. We had a serious discussion with one of my drinking buddies as to whether or not he should go back to his house get his gun and then walk me on the 10 minute path just in case the javelina comes from out of nowhere well they tell you if you see a
1: javelina you're allowed to kill it normally like with animals you know and hunting there's like rules and you know certain times a year you can kill them in arizona they're like if you spot one of these motherfuckers take it down immediately
0: (laughs) well i said to the lady who was walking the pig in the historic district of dallas Around Christmas, I said, "A great way of distracting attention from these rich fuckers with their pyro displays and Christmas lights." I said, "B looks nice at the moment." I said, "But you don't want to let it grow into a javelina because you know three people have been killed by javelina since 1956." (laughs) I said, "I don't know that that is actually factual. It's something I just made up right now, but it doesn't stop it from being true." And she said to me, "A." Of course, it's not going to grow into a javelina. I've just been keeping it happy because it's about to provide a ton of bacon for Christmas.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> she, she, actually, she didn't. I, I didn't have that conversation because there were too many families that were trying to see Christmas lights that then just had their kids running around this this pig going, oh my God, it's such a cute pig. There are two things everyone in Arizona has experienced.
1: Running away from a javelina and drunkenly attempting to hug a cactus.
0: Yeah. It happens to everyone. How many people try to negotiate their friend in the bar going to their house to get their gun to walk them 10 minutes past where there may or may not have been a javelina
1: (laughs) there was my freshman year at arizona it took all of one day before someone had to be hospitalized for attempting to drunkenly tackle a cactus (laughs) it's a whole different world out there people
0: all right let's do some tv news before we're we're, we're done because i promised this on the last episode and we we didn't get around to it um we almost didn't get around to it on this episode with our lack of understanding that you have to plug computers in otherwise they run out of power yep that one's on me (laughs) first of all because i'm trying to rebuild my relationship with craig ferguson which didn't exist to start with which makes it even more perplexing that he would block me on twitter which he did it's a long-running saga that we discuss on this show I just want to say congratulations to Craig Ferguson because uh, he uh, debuted his new game show, The Hustler, on ABC last week. And I read lots of reports saying that ABC had the best night of ratings in the specific key demographic. And it was mostly down to the fact that people were checking out Craig Ferguson on The Hustler TV show.
1: Now, were they checking it out because of the TV show or were they checking out because they heard that all of a sudden this old foreign man... Covered his arms in tattoos.
0: That is true. I, I was, you're leading me down. I was trying to. I just wanted to make this segment me saying, "Well done, Craig Ferguson." I would have watched your show if ABC hadn't fallen out with AT and T Cable and it not being allowed on my TV. But good on you, and I hope to see it. And blah 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 blah. But now, now you are, and I, and I was going to say, by the way, please unblock me on Twitter because you know. <laughs> I,
1: I, I mean, we can't just not discuss the fact that he took a what's called a five-year hiatus and came back with full arm sleeves. That doesn't happen what happened in your life that you had to go that far craig ferguson okay. <laughs> is this what happens when you learn how to not be a robotic homophobe anymore <laughs> oh my
0: god craig ferguson if you're listening to this the american is the one saying all these things and yet you blocked the british guy i'm not saying i craig ferguson i'm not saying that when you did some promotional videos for the fact that you were returning to tv you were very much dressed down in just a t-shirt showing off what some might suggest was an excessive amount of tattoos that you've now accumulated you were unshaven and you may have appeared slightly homeless i'm not saying that (laughs) jeremy just said all of that you
1: can't if once you hit let's say 45 if you get more than two tattoos it's excessive If you go from zero tattoos to seven in that amount of time, that's excessive.
0: He, again, I haven't seen The Hustler because... uh... AT&T, who charged me $240 a month to have basic cable and internet, couldn't manage to keep ABC, the network, on their um, cable because they they had a falling out. So I didn't get to see the actual hustler, but I've seen the videos from it. On the TV, he's very much dressed up and and you know looks like he's there's a costume budget and such i think what happened maybe craig ferguson always looked like this but after five years of not being on tv and having no budget for wardrobe (laughs) or a razor he can no longer (laughs) afford sleeves yeah maybe
1: I mean I get he's come across hard times but generally long sleeve shirts don't cost that he much had, more than t-shirts. He had to
0: sell all of his suits <laughs> and put them and put them and put them on, on, on you know like David Hasselhoff is selling the kit car and stuff right, like that. Right. Craig Ferguson was thinking well I don't even have anything that impressive from when I had a TV show because I never had any budget because I was on the late late show all I've got is a gay robot and the suits that I used to wear. So he's had to get he, <laughs> so he's already he's already sold the gay robot i uh
1: i think we came up with a perfect plan though you want craig ferguson i want mavs games let's trade cable boxes i get at&t for mavs you get frontier for your craig ferguson that's a fair trade
0: all right yeah I don't know if I... I'm kind of starting to wish that this was the bit that the computer died on so we had to redo it because I (laughs) I, I remember my intent... I made a note and it said Craig Ferguson got great ratings, talk him up. That was the note I made for myself... For this segment, because I'm very, very hurt still that a few years ago Craig Ferguson blocked me on Twitter. I was going to bring up the fact that the same week Craig Ferguson apparently got a great ABC ratings, it was the same week that Jimmy Fallon achieved the worst ever rating for The Tonight Show. And I was going to go, See, you should have still had Craig Ferguson doing a late show. And I was getting, but no. You called him a homeless person with too many tattoos. <laughs> Sorry. I
1: Now to throw another celebrity under the bus, is this mean that Jimmy Fallon is just becoming another Craig Ferguson? Can we see tattoos on him and
0: come five years from now? I think if his ratings carry on the way they are, then there's no way that he can afford to go to the tattoo parlor. You know, I've actually, I've always been a fan of Jimmy
1: Fallon. I was a, I was a big Conan O'Brien fan. So yeah. I was upset when, you know, he got the boot and Jimmy Fallon took over, but uh, Fallon, reeled me in real quick because in that first week of shows when he took over the Tonight Show I was in high school, I was sitting in my bed one night, you know, smoking a bowl before bed as I was one to do and then all of a sudden in his opening monologue he tells a weed joke and at the end of the weed joke he looked straight at the camera and went that's right Jeremy, I just told a weed joke, what do you think about that? As like a Capper to yeah. his weed joke, and my jaw dropped, and I, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, Jimmy Fallon is in my room watching me do this right now, and I jerked off to give him a little shout. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, I was like, oh my god, this is the greatest show. I will stick with this forever. He's speaking to me, right? And of course, you know, Colbert came around, Kimmel got better, Corden
0: started singing, and like everyone else in the world, I stopped watching Fallon. Right. But the thing is, Jimmy Fallon. Although that seemed like perfect TV to you in your stoned mind, Jimmy Fallon, in reality, wasn't specifically talking to you. Craig Ferguson 100% specifically blocked
1: me. I mean, you don't know that. He might have been talking to me. I was very high that day, and I've yet to find a clip of that joke happening again. So it could have all been in my head but if it wasn't clearly he made the tonight show specifically
0: for me okay let's do the next bit of tv news because i feel like my intention of talking up craig ferguson's new game show has, uh, in order to be unblocked is pretty much backfired um okay i'm gonna say this now in case this bit goes astray the next segment i intend to be me fully supporting how much queen latifah kicks ass in the new promo for the equalizer Oh, you
1: will not have me going against that one. I am fully on board with the lesbian equalizer.
0: <laughs> no, it's not a lesbian equalizer. What? <laughs> she's a lesbian in real life. She's playing, well, she's got kids in it. So unless she's become lesbian in the script, I don't think... I was under the impression that this was all just
1: basically a sequel to Set It Off, where she played a lesbian bank robber. Is this not
0: that... Well, I don't know what set it off is.
1: Oh my god. Set it off is without question Queen Latifah's best work. It's uh it's essentially what I just described. It is a Lesbian robber bank. Lesbian bank robber movie. Okay. And it is wonderful. The only other example of her spectacular work is the movie she did with Steve Martin bringing down the house. Other than that, it can all go.
0: Right. Okay. Well, unlike you know how it's now the general opinion that if you're straight you can't play a gay person on tv if you're gay you can play a straight person on tv i believe because she is a lesbian in real life but she's playing she's got kids in the in the in the in the the the, um the, the, the the trailer that i've seen yeah, but that that doesn't mean anything. No, I know, but I don't. Th- but but I'm saying that it's not suggested that there's a lesbian story arc to the Equalizer. What? The- see, you're making this go astray as well. <laughs> On my point. How have we? How has this become a is she or is she not a lesbian in the Equalizer? That's irrelevant to the point I was make. The point I was making was that if you watch the advert. For the Equalizer, she's putting out a gun, beating people up, running around. Like, it looks great. Yeah,
1: look, I'm on board. What my point in saying all this was is, you know, I think some people were shocked that queen latifah could pull this off but if you've seen her lesbian bank robber movie set it off then clearly you know that she can pull off the equalizer right so
0: maybe what she said was okay i was really tough robbing a bank playing a lesbian i think my acting can stretch now to playing a straight person being really tough in in the in the equalizer so so basically she's doing a tv version of the movies that denzel washington has made right yes but wasn't it i think it was a tv show originally in the 80s right it was a tv show with a british guy based in new york right um now so they've gone from straight british white guy to
1: lesbian black female 2021 folks
0: (laughs) (laughs) the thing about the the original version of the equalizer and there, there are clips of it on youtube The guy who played the equalizer was way too old to be playing the part. And this is before Hollywood had figured out how to cast people that are maybe too old for the role, but still make them look kind of good. So you could argue that, you know, Harrison Ford shouldn't be playing Indiana Jones or... um, Liam Neeson's too old for Taken. But if you look at Liam Neeson in that most recent Taken movie, it's fine. Yeah, he's an old man, but he's still got the skills and it kind of works, right? Not for sure. But Hollywood's figured out a way to do that. I think as, you know, A-list actors have of, of, of aged into old age. If you look at the 1980s YouTube clips of the Equalizer TV show, the British guy who played the part is called Edward Woodward. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not making this up and and, and edward woodward is about as <laughs> is about as tough as his name would suggest oh my god well tough to say or tough <laughs> meaning
1: because those are two completely so he's things.
0: old and he's gray and it's the same plot queen latifah is playing the same role that denzel washington's playing and denzel was playing the role that edward woodward played that they, they are all people who were part of some sort of government organisation that have retired, but now are basically people for hire. If you've got problems that the police can't sort out, right? Um, you can you can hire these people, and they'll come and they'll fix it for you. Now you watch Denzel Washington do it, and he's pretty tough. Uh, He's got some moves. He relies on a lot of gadgets and stuff like that. Judging by the Queen Latifah trailer, she is hard as fuck. Like, she is busting into rooms and smacking people in the face and pulling out her gun and stuff like that. If you watched Edward Woodward be the equalizer, I mean if there was a mugging happening on a a subway station he wouldn't have got down the stairs in time to save the bit like he he's he's equalizer would have stood at this at the top of the stairs seen a mugging happen at the bottom of the stairs as you go into the new york subway station he would have been like oh, okay, I don't think my back's up to getting down this flight of stairs to save these people today. It was a lot more of a slow-moving TV show. See, for all those people who, when they heard Queen Latifah
1: was going to be in the role and was like, oh, why would they pick a woman? That's, that goes to show you why she is the perfect person for the role because the old British guy couldn't even walk downstairs. Now, Denzel Washington, awesome action star, but does it in a much more suave than aggressive mode. People forget, Queen Latifah started out her career as a rapper. Mm. She had her lesbian bank robber movie.
0: She, I must watch this movie it's now. It's wonderful. <laughs>
1: it, she, she has a lot of toughness in her past before, you know, her stretch of movies like Last Holiday and stuff like that. So I think Queen Latifah Equalizer, call me crazy,
0: might be the, end up being the best Equalizer. I, I, so I sent the trailer to a buddy of mine in the UK who normally likes these, these action movies. And um, he sent a reply back going, it looks shit. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, look at the scene where she's running from the exploding house. She can't run. And I was like, what? So I went and looked upon it again. She is running out of that exploding house in the most convincing way. I sent him a reply saying... If, if you were in a house that was about to explode, you'd be dead by now, you fat bastard. So I, I, t- t- I, and again, I, I'm not overly familiar with Queen Latifah's catalogue like you are. I think I would love lesbian bank robbery. That sounds like m- totally my type of you movie. Th- we're watching Set It Off. Pause the recording. <laughs> again. <Yeah. laughs> but the but the but her playing the equaliser, it looks amazing. And it's a great argument, right, for any people that are in the 2021 woke generation that are always talking about old white men this is one great example where uh queen latifah is actually so much better than the old white man who originally played the equalizer in the 1980s like i said his name in reality was edward woodward and he was about as convincingly hard as his name suggests yeah
1: i think i would take a queen latifah over that all day yeah there's something about the role where you just need to have a wildly dumb
0: name well also just the way that they've kind of spliced together the promo where they're walking into some dodgy situation and someone says to queen latifah shouldn't we be armed and she's like yeah i've got a gun and then she's like pistol whipping someone (laughs) and then she i mean just everything about it is like oh it's just so good i want there to be a scene where there should be car chase it looks like one of my favorite ever tv shows from the 80s I, i hope that They keep it to a 60 minute format, even if there's an overall story arc that continues through the season. I hope they keep it to the old school 60 minute action TV format where every episode there's a new storyline. So you don't have to know what happened in season one, episode four to understand why there's a plot development in season two, episode seven. I don't mind shows that do that. But my brain is full with Better Call Saul in needing to keep up with that kind of thing and with Ozark. The Queen Latifah's Equalizer should be the type of TV show whereby if you just come to it seven episodes late, it doesn't matter because you can just pick up on the storyline that week. And people used to say that this was predictable. No, 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 no. I think there should be a standard that in every 60-minute episode there is a fight a car chase, and a shootout.
1: Well, I think we should mention that this show is actually premiering after the Super Bowl. So most likely no one will watch it. So they will need people to uh, be able to pick up on the show. Whenever
0: I was going to ask you about that because I don't... I remember after last year's Super Bowl, James Corden premiered some new game show that lasted that episode yeah i think like historically
1: everything that airs after the super bowl doesn't make it <laughs> like i don't know that for a fact but there's always like some big premiere after and like after watching a four hour uh spectacle of you know halftime show pregame show on the actual game no one's ready to like sit down and watch a sitcom they're like i have to go to bed because people
0: work <sighs> i don't know we could be two hours into the Super Bowl and I'm bored out of my mind if it's a dull game and I'm going, oh, hang on. We are two hours away from some some serious Latifah pistol whipping. It's <laughs> the name of my rock band. I'm all up for it i think it's amazing uh i think we're done there's more stuff i we we need to talk about david Hazelhoff's auction we didn't get that far it's your fault you made you 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 insisted on calling craig ferguson the homeless man with tattoos i'm sorry we'll never get you that kit car replica and i mean i've just got massively behind queen latifah in the equalizer you've now basically told me he's gonna last one episode I'm my goal is to get you and I and this podcast canceled before it ever gets started. I'm going to be now trying to DM Queen Latifah after because I'll think the equalize is great and I will stay on the TV network after the Super Bowl's finished to watch it. And I'll be like, dear Miss Latifah. I'm very sorry that your TV show got canceled after one episode, but I was very much looking forward to everything you've done. Do you think you could DM me a link to all of the other episodes just so I could see them?
1: All you got to do is use on her the pickup line that Eugene Levy uses on her and bringing down the house. Just send her a message saying the cool points are out the window and baby, you got me all twisted up in the game. <laughs>
0: All right, we're done. Uh, did we America today? We definitely didn't <laughs> did in Guatemala. Didyouamerica.com is where you can go to for all the stuff relating to this show. Uh, you can buy t-shirts there. You can vote for Song of the Week there. You can send us a message there. You can send us a voice message. You can send us a written message. Oh God, I still didn't get round to that. People have sent messages and I didn't get round to them again. I'm sorry, we got sidetracked. I will do that when we reappear again next week. Didyouamerica.com for all of that. Thank you for checking out this one. Craig Ferguson, please unblock me.